Dating later in life has changed. We are rethinking and updating what it means to date today. Welcome to the Later Dater Today podcast. You're not late, you're right on time. And now your host and Later Dater guide, Lakshmi. Hello, Later Daters. Welcome. This is episode 34, the issue with dating goals. So while we are still in this new year, January, what could this year hold state of mind, I wanted to tackle a topic that I think is generally, mm, I guess, not so well covered in the new year resolution space. And that is the idea of goal setting around dating. If it is covered, it's usually around this idea of acquiring a relationship within a certain time frame, like land your ideal relationship in three to 12 months with these tips and tricks, or build your vision board with a list of traits of your ideal partner and you know maybe they'll magically show up. Setting so-called goals around dating is fundamentally different from any other kind of goal because, I'm sure you've guessed it, it's not entirely up to you. You're not the only one in the equation. And more importantly, I don't know that you would want it to be something that's all about you and what you want. But that's how we talk about dating goals and ambitions. So how do you make sure that you're moving forward in your dating life, increasing your chances of connecting someone without getting too locked into a particular outcome? And here is why this topic is especially important for the later dater window. The later dater window, as I've defined it, roughly 45 to 59, is rather interesting. On the one hand, you're free from the societal clock and a lot of the expectations and pressure that come with it. And on the other hand, you're free from the societal clock and a lot of the expectations and pressures that come with it. So it can either feel like freedom to paint whatever tapestry of relationships you want, or instead, it can lead people down this feeling of stasis or inertia. It's kind of like when you hear about people who have achieved financial freedom, (laughs) they can either start doing really cool stuff and crafting their life, or they can turn into the most boring version of themselves because this financial certainty no longer demands anything from them. They can basically just sit around. So the dance that smart later daters have to engage in is enjoying and feeling the freedom of not needing or grasping for a relationship with a certain amount of discipline to not simply wander around with your heart aimlessly. You want to be that awesome and alive and engaged rich person, not the boring, bland one who kind of sits around. I know I said discipline, which might seem aggressive and unnatural, but stay with me. And I think you know this, but of course you should enjoy being single if that's what you want or that's what you want for the moment. But if what you want is something else, or if you simply want to bring more connection into your life, you have to be deliberate about it. And I'm going to talk about ways to do it that I hope feel natural and easy to incorporate. In fact, by the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you to not set goals per se altogether. Because the kind of planning you need to think about in today's modern dating culture has less to do with the number of dates you go on and more to do with 
keeping your human interaction skills strong, so strong that it brings out the human side of others. So you'll be ready for the moments when and if you both swipe right, meet someone new at a conference, reconnect with someone you knew years before, or lock eyes with someone at the gas station. So I want to use this episode to talk about how I think about and walk people through the idea of rather than setting dating-related goals, instead focus on keeping your connection muscles and skills ready, flexible, and strong. And that in turn will bleed into whatever you decide to do when you're actually dating. And this will apply whether you are the type of person who likes to set dating goals and visions, or if you're that person who is like, I would never set goals around something like this. Things like love and relationships are supposed to unfold naturally. Here's how I'll break it down. First, I want to talk about how dating goals are typically described in culture, why that is, and why they might be steering you off course. Next, I'll go deeper into why dating goals are different from any other type of goal and why it can feel unnerving or even scary to make them. And then I'll end with a framework for how to think about what your real objective should be as a person out there navigating the human interaction and cultural challenges of today. I'll also offer you some examples so you know what I mean and you can see which ones resonate with you. Think of them more like experiments and trials and small exercises to weave into your life. So at different points in my career, whether that was designing singles events, working at Match.com, or hosting multiple dating-focused podcasts, I would often get the chance to talk to writers and reporters, especially around Valentine's Day, as they hustled to get their V-Day content going. And everyone always just wanted tips. Tips to make your profile look better. Tips that would help people find their person or weed out the bad ones. And while I get that, I would try to get in a word about the larger issues like how technology and culture and screens were changing the game. And very few writers ever really wanted to hear about it. They just wanted to get the soundbite that would work well on SEO, that would help whatever article they were writing get found on the internet. And that was dating tips and advice. So their objective of what would be searched for on the internet was often at odds with the kind of information that I think would actually help people. And I would soon just give up and say, yes, have a good profile pic, make sure you're smiling, and have a list of hobbies that make you seem fun and adventurous. Because dating tips and tricks are often just that. They have some short-term utility. You might catch someone's attention. But if you don't really think about how to build connection and rapport with someone, well, you might hit your goal of, I don't know, 10 dates a month without actually moving forward in your dating life. And that's basically the level of stuff that's out there. It's reductionist and oversimplified because that's what gets traction. Here's a red flag. Here's a green flag. But I assume you're here because some part of you knows that it's not that simple but it also doesn't have to be that hard either. So just understand that what works in media doesn't always work in human moments. Okay, next. So I talked about how dating and relationship goals are fundamentally different from most any other goal you'll set. Health goals are largely in your control, even if they're not easy. Like, sure, you might have to consider other people, but you get to make the decisions about what goes into your body. But dating and relationship goals are dependent on something you cannot control. Another independent adult with their own life, history, quirks, 
preferences, fears, and probably a healthy serving of life, some which went well and some which did not go well. How and why would you want to put your heart and confidence through something as unpredictable as that? And I think this is why dating goals are the scariest to set. I get it. They're also scary to set because it feels like this is an area where your heart should have the lead. And your heart does not want to have to follow a protocol or prepare in advance. So what I want to offer you are a series of, let's call them experiments and thought exercises that you can incorporate into your regular life that will naturally seep into your dating life. My hope is that this feels more like a shot of ginger than any diet plan that you have to follow. The ones I've selected here, I believe hit the sweet spot that I'm talking about, where you are moving forward in building and strengthening your interaction and connection muscles, but you aren't beholden to some idea of how things should unfold to feel like you were successful. So first, a few exercises. One, really think about the environments and situations in which your personality comes out. If you look at those like date idea articles on the internet, you'll usually see that they say, go to a museum or take a cooking class. But consider for a minute the situations that bring out who you are and then work from there and weave those into your date. Do you get all chatty, excited, and worked up when the NFL playoffs come around? Do you know your way around Costco like nobody else? Do you love going to a movie or exhibit the first week it comes out? I'm not saying you have to turn these into date ideas. I just want you to notice where your personality really shines versus where you tend to have dates. My guess is that the two rarely match up. Now, on a similar note, think of the things that when you talk about them, you don't just light up, your energy changes, your facial expressions change. So for instance, it's the difference between, let's say, liking cheese and talking excitedly about all the decisions you made to pull together your ultimate charcuterie board. It's the difference between saying you like to travel and talking about the blog post you stumbled upon that described this village in Macedonia, and now you're planning a trip to go see it. One reveals what you like, the other starts to paint a picture of who you are. One is profile information. The other is the seed for a possible connection. Now, here's another one I want you to think about. Think about the places where you go, where other humans tend to be, and make a mental list of all the ways you might or could interact with humans in that space. I know this sounds really granular, but just think for a moment about how today you can go about your life for days or even weeks, even go out into the world, into stores and shops without actually having to communicate with another human. I want you to think about this for a minute. Today, you could do your job, keep yourself entertained, pay your bills, stay informed of the news, and do your errands without having to make eye contact or talk to another human if you choose not to. And I'm not saying that in some dreadful way. I just want you to think about this reality versus what it takes to build a connection that leads to a romantic relationship. That's what I meant at the top of this episode when I said a moment's notice. It's not just interacting with people. 
It's having an awareness of how to interact in ways that can build a bridge between you and someone else. Because that is usually what dating is about in those first and early interactions. So it's worth thinking about for a minute. So for instance, think of the gym. Now, I know you might be one of those stick my headphones in, put my head down type of people, but just think and make a list of all the human moments in that environment. There's checking in, there's restacking your weights, there's wiping stuff down, there's asking someone if they're using the machine, asking someone how to use a machine. Because remember, as I just said, you could solve every issue I just listed without having to interact with someone. I mean, seriously, if you didn't know how to work a machine, I'm sure you could look up a video on YouTube and pull it up quickly. Am I right? Again, we're not on a mission to make the gym a pickup scene. What we're doing is an audit of all the ways that you can interact with people should you choose to. And I hope you see that because the goal is so much smaller and not dependent on whether or not someone talks to you or that you get a phone number, it's so much more achievable. Now, think about how this will naturally have you acting and behaving differently. My guess is that there will be an openness to you without an agenda. And that, to me, is where the magic lies. You have built a mental map of how interactive or not interactive any situation is without being attached to a specific outcome. In case this still sounds unclear to you, I just want you to think about how many people of all ages, not just the younger digital natives, who have described how their social and interaction skills have become rusty, not just since the pandemic. But it's just a reality that we are interacting with screens and phones and keyboards and chatbots often more than we do with other humans. So we have to make a deliberate and conscious decision about how to go through our day and not lose all those little human moments. Because again, I'm noticing that what's hard for people is to go from zero or low interaction to suddenly be in a situation with another person where they're trying to connect with them in the context of a date. So to wrap this up, what I'm saying here is don't separate the small daily human interactions of your life from the interactions you might have in your dating life. There might just be a strong correlation between the two. And finally, think about taking a few concepts from the podcast and actually applying the concept instead of just listening to it. The one I'm really thinking about is episode three, Everyone is a Museum, and most of us just stand in the lobby. First of all, because it's one of the most downloaded episodes. But I think it has struck a chord with people. So just try and think about the next person you meet in the terms described in that episode. Listen to episode 20 about the shape of your heart and actually think about what your heart might look like instead of simply thinking about your current or past relationship status. Inspired by episode 19, The Death of the Crush, take a minute to think about some of those early crushes you may have had. How did they develop? How did that person slowly or suddenly reveal themselves to you? They might give you clues about how you want to interact with people today. Go beyond tips and tricks and vision boards and change how you interact with, view, and relate to the people and things around you today 
and the world in general. It might just be the real trick behind it all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you have a question that you'd like us to take on, please email me, Lakshmi, L-A-K-S-H-M-I at thelaterdatertoday.com and I might feature your question in a future episode. We'll see you next time.